0: Well, it is the Sunday after Christmas. Another Christmas has come and gone and another year with it. Yet there is one story associated with the birth narrative in Luke that we have not covered at all. In fact, it's almost never covered. It's almost never included. It involves Jesus being presented at the, te- at the temple after he is born. So let me read it. It's pretty unfamiliar, I would guess, from Luke chapter 2. And this man was righteous and devout, awaiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation and you have prepared the presence that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the gentiles and the glory to you, your people Israel and his father and his mother marvelled at what was said about him and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his brother behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Fenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty four. She did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to to God and to speak of him to to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is a strange story that we don't often include. It involves a strange and relatively unknown tradition of going to the temple to bless the firstborn child. It is a sort of dedication that it fits Exodus thirteen and Leviticus twelve. The children were brought to the temple and a sacrifice made for them if they were the firstborn. Mary and Joseph being good Jews did this. They went to the temple and made this dedication. They found there a man named Simeon. He is called righteous and devout, and he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. This harkens back to all that we've been talking about through Advent, about the expectations of the Old Testament. He's waiting because God had told him he's not going to die until he sees the one who's going to bring the consolation of Israel. He's going to see the Lord's Christ, or Messiah, or anointed one. So while Mary and Joseph are there, perhaps they're waiting in line to get into the temple, Simeon is moved to come up to the temple also. He sees the child, scoops the child up in his arms and begins to praise God. This prayer or this little song is often called it's traditionally called the Nunc Dimittis and it has been chanted or it has been spoken in worship liturgies for a very long time. It's often rendered something like, Now, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. So a lot of times this is done at the end of service. It's kind of part of the benediction. Basically, Simeon's saying, I can die die now, because the hope I was promised that I would see, I have now seen. Simeon's word echo themes of the Old Testament, of justice and righteousness. He sees this as a blessing of Israel, but also, importantly, he points out that this young one will be light for revelation to the Gentiles. A big theme, by the way, in the Gospel of Luke. The text says that Mary and Joseph marvel at what he said. I bet they did. I bet you what they actually were marveling was, hey, strange dude, please give us back our baby now. Then Simeon adds a few words specifically to Mary. He says that many will rise and fall at the birth of this child. This is another Old Testament theme, that the haughty or the arrogant or prideful will be brought low, and that those who are humble and meek will rise. That Jesus is going to upset the balance of who has power and who is at the bottom of society, and that through him the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed then luke tells us of a prophetess named anna she's been married for many she was married for years uh, when she was younger but then became a widow and lived to the age of 84 84 in those days is more than two life expectancies okay this this woman in those days there's there's just about nobody her age in all of israel And she comes to the temple all the time, worshiping and praying night and day. I'm sure that Simeon and Anna, for those people that came to the temple, were sort of part of the landscape. Those two weirdos, the older lady and the little bit younger man who come here all the time saying all this stuff about the consolation of Israel. Anna has no words in the story. She just seems to echo what Simeon is saying. Now, if you notice, Luke doesn't know anything about the flight to Egypt, okay? Uh, He doesn't have the holy family flee to Egypt. He just has them go back to Galilee, to Nazareth. This pious family simply returns home. Jesus grows up, he grows strong, and he grows wise. And that is how Luke ends his birth narrative. We then see Jesus at 10 years old at the temple, and then Luke has him as an adult. So we're We're right here at the end of this birth story, and heading quickly toward adulthood. Now, but there's there's one phrase in here that I skipped, that Simeon says. It's a phrase that I that doesn't seem to fit. In fact, a lot of times in the Bible, it has parentheses around it, almost as if it was added later. And it says, "A sword, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also." Simeon says to Mary and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Now this phrase I don't think has been used in a lot of liturgies or in a lot of Advent or Christmas songs. In fact, you know, the way it's put in parentheses or in quotes, um, scholars are never quite sure what to do with this verse. But I believe it's an important verse for us to think about. We often think of the joy and peace of Christmas. But 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 especially this Christmas, I'm reminded, as I've done a number of funerals here in December, as a number of us have felt strange and odd. We haven't been able to see family as much as we want. That there is pain sometimes in Christmas. I'm sure that the life of Mary was hard. Just think about Mary for a moment. Mary and Joseph fret about Jesus not being with them in Luke chapter two. One the the next story. He stays at the temple, saying that he's doing the work of his father. Mary can't understand this work of Jesus. That's the last mention of Joseph in the entire story. Joseph's not there when Jesus is an adult. He's not there at the cross. Joseph probably dies. And so Mary, a widow, has to be taken care of by who? Her firstborn son, Jesus. Jesus. And so it must have been hard for her as Jesus went out to start his ministry. In Mark 3, Mary and the rest of the family come to seek Jesus to bring him home because they think he's out of his mind. In John 19, Mary sees Jesus, her son, on the cross. He even has a conversation with her. We, we only get bits of this conversation, but we know that Jesus says that, that John and Mary are supposed to be together, that John is supposed to take care of Mary and that Mary is supposed to treat John as a son to take care of her. In Acts 1, we know Mary was with the disciples after the resurrection, that she wept at his death, but she also celebrated his return to life and then would have have heard or maybe even been there as he ascended into heaven. I mean, I think as a parent, that description of Mary experiencing Jesus as a sword to the soul A stab to the gut. I think Mary would have, I think that's prophecy that really would have fit Mary. That this beautiful baby boy that she has is also going to be a pain. Going to come with heartache. Some of you have had children that were souls, swords to your soul. I've had kids and my kids can be like that sometimes. Some of you have had a doctor pierce your heart with a single diagnosis. Some of you have lost someone, and it's really been a stab in the gut. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes Jesus is the only hope you have, and sometimes life is even hard because you have Jesus as your hope. Sometimes Jesus calls you to be honest when no one else at work is, or to work hard at work in a way that your coworkers despise. Sometimes friends and family can't understand what this thing is of faith that's going on for you. Sometimes Jesus wants to change something in your life that you would never not you'd rather Jesus not touch. Sometimes the saving work of Jesus means dealing with your issues rather than keeping them buried. Sometimes you follow Christ. And to follow Christ you have to let go of your pride and your ego. Sometimes your joy will be attacked by those who are stuck in their suffering. So in Advent, as we speak of love and joy and hope and peace, we we should speak of those things because Christ does bring those things. But let's also not forget the testimony of Simeon and the life of Mary. But there is also pain that comes from following Jesus. And sometimes you have to wait for the hope that you long for. Sometimes you spend years coming to the temple before you get your answers. Sometimes you are the crazy person with the unimpeachable hope. The love, joy, hope, and peace of Advent, they don't come from a a position of of, uh, idealism. They come through in the midst of hardship and heartache. Part of the story is how hard these things are for Mary and for Joseph. And maybe that's something worth thinking about this year. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. It could be better. For some, it might be worse. Maybe your faith will be a source of hope, and maybe your faith will be a source of conflict. Maybe you will rise this year, and maybe you will fall this year. The coming of Jesus doesn't promise that, that things will be smooth. In fact, the coming of Jesus is a promise Sometimes things will be hard, but the coming of Jesus is the promise that you are not alone, that God is with you, that the consolation that you hope for, that Israel longed for, is here. And you may not see it now, but Jesus, your hope is with you. So whatever 2020 brought you, whatever 2021 is going to bring you, Be reminded that though things can be challenging, Christ is here and Christ is with you.